guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Fuck. We are jumping into season four. Girl, don't even say it. I know. I'm oh, excited to be in season four, but that means season five is like right around the corner. <laughs> so that makes me nervous. I know. I know. I never thought that we would we would make it here so quickly. I know. Yeah. Like, we did plow through season three. Now, sure, it was a shorter one, but like we did... No, we, yeah. we were rocking and rolling on season yeah. three. And like we, like we always say, season three was a knockout. Like, For I mean, real. it was crazy. So I can't wait to see what um, season four has to offer. Yeah. So it's it does offer us a new intro. Uh, what did you think about? We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll like break it down another time. But what did yeah. you think about it? Um, I was like shocked. I mean, like, I don't I don't know yet. You know, like, yeah, because after, you know, three seasons of hearing one, two, three. Four, yeah. Like, and like 30 some odd yes, episodes of I that. Yeah. So I, I no, more than that. Like. A yeah, lot no, of well, 40. Well, because it's 20, yeah, 40. Um, we did like so 50, 50 something 50 episodes something, uh-huh. of that. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it was a little chill. Like, you know, the, the first one, it gets you amped up, make you want to get up and dance right. and party. This one, more like a little chill vibe. It kind of sets the tone, like, okay, y'all, we nearing the end. Well, you know, see, I, don't know. I didn't get in vibes. What I got was like, it's maturing a little yes, bit. Yes. Okay. You know, and also like life is about different things mm-hmm. now because before it was like kind of just all party, party like high party, party. energy. And then this just kind of felt a little bit more. We got other things Growing in life up. going on now. Well, you're right. They all having ch- kids. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I there's mean, they're kids growing involved. Up, yeah. There's all this other stuff involved. And so we'll have to like look. Today we really did rush through when we were watching it. It was kind of like halfway through before I even turned it on. But we'll we'll break it down and look at it. Oh, yeah. Later. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so something else that was a little bit different with this episode, the season opener, it started with like a little performance. Uh, and I really liked that. Mm-hmm. It was something different. That was an interlude that they kept through the whole episode. Exactly. But I really liked it. Now, this could be a lie, but I think my first memory of the song, What I Did for Love, is when we had to perform it in one of our third grade plays growing up. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I feel like it was part of one of the... Was it? You know, we were always doing we like were. classic music. But to be honest, and it's funny you bring that up. Little side note: I don't remember any of those. Like you when, don't. When oh, you guys sent those videos over uh, uh, a couple months ago or last year, yeah. of us singing. Um, I don't know why we was even singing that. I don't but, know, but yeah, yeah, I was like, when did we do this? Like what? Yeah. Like I have no recollection. I remember one talent show and me singing Prince. Beautiful girl in the world, yeah. And I was Most like, yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, <laughs> good song, but that's all, yeah, exactly. But that's all I remember. But yeah. we did do a lot. We did do a lot. I, but I don't I'm pretty sure that's what I know this song from, and I believe that somewhere out there is a video of Baby Ken and Baby Eshell <laughs> singing a very off key kids bop version girl, of you, what I did for love. You know, my it was definitely off key on my notes. At least you can hold a tune. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to find my voice. Yeah, yes, yes, you are, baby. Yeah, you gonna find it. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna sing to y'all one time. No, she gonna, she gonna I let won't me do allow it. it. She gonna let me do it, y'all. No, <laughs> I wouldn't do that to the people. Right. Uh, okay, but anyway, so again, yeah, it's like a totally different uh, intro, but again, but that's kind of on brand with Queer as Folk already. Yes. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, because they like to shake things up here and there. But anyway, so this performance leads us into. Well, it kind of get, gets interrupted by Brian. And so we're at the loft. And it's that time of month of the month again for Brian. Not when his little friend comes to visit, but when all the charities are trying to hit him up for money. And also his credit card bills are due. Girl. Because where we left off, he's got a, got some little, his money's a little funny. Yeah, the money's funny. Days. But, you know, the money is funny because, I mean, Brian did a selfless act. Right. You know, and I would rather be penniless, mm-hmm. you know, than to go 
I w- I'm pretty sure he would rather be penniless instead of um going through what yes. stock uh, seven years yeah. or however many years Stockwell would have been in office. You mm-hmm. know, so I mean, he did what he had to do, and he, I mean, it was for the greater good. Right. So I mean, yes, he's penniless, but. I'm pretty sure he's fine. Right, he can be proud of the man that exactly. he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. even if he ain't got no money to show for himself. Nah. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And unfortunately, Justin can't perform enough um, oral favors to <laughs> to get those bills paid. So Brian's gonna have to find another way mm-hmm. to pay them. I would love to see that though. I mean, Justin, Justin tried. tried. I mean, it out. he could give it the old college try. Yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> yeah. Since he's not in it no more, right? I, mean, might as well go and give I know a good he ain't got go. nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, pause. Can we talk about Justin just chilling at the loft with Brian? Love uh it. and you know, Brian doesn't have anything to do because he's not working and Justin has way less to do because he's <laughs> not in school and they're just like chilling at the loft yeah. one evening. Again, yeah. we talked about maturity. Just to see in this relationship, it's so mature. It, right. It's the growth that we've seen between the two of them, season 1 to season 4. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's almost like they've been a couple for 20 years. Exactly. Like, they seem so couple to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I would pay good money for scenes of just their downtime, like their yeah. domestic times together. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, in this scene, Brian's just there opening his mail, and Justin's flipping through a magazine and sipping some sparkling water. And to me, like, that shows as much about the status of in the state of their relationship mm-hmm. than the scenes in the bedroom or whatever, you know? True. Because, you know, and also... It, it, Again, shows the love, too, because if you don't have a really good foundation, getting all those bills and knowing you have no money coming in. Right. I mean, I don't know if I could be happy. Yeah. I don't know if I could be chilled and relaxed and just, oh, yeah, we're going to And just this, want to that. sit at the loft yeah. seeing all the emptiness and all that stuff, nah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Girl, no, because all hells breaks loose in our home when I feel like, you know, <laughs> uh-uh, babe, we tapping into where? No. I mean, it's all hells is breaking loose. I don't like to play with money like that. So, yeah. I mean, big ups to them. <laughs> big ups to them. And I love how Brian is just so calm and collected and cool. He, I mean, he, I know he's worried, but he's never going to let it show. Right. Yeah. Well, Justin's, of, of course, is very much aware of Brian's financial issues. And he knows why, because he knows the truth behind what Brian did, what he sacrificed. And um, he is ever supportive, just like we expect him to be. And he tells Brian that Rage has some good numbers last month. And he says, I can give you some money. And, um... Before we even get to Brian's response, like, I want to talk about his reaction to Justin telling him the sales were good because he's nodding like he already expected that. Like, I can tell he's proud, but he's not surprised right, by that. Right, yeah. I mean, yeah. he always believed in Justin's work. Mm-hmm. I mean, he invested so much in Justin already. I mean, mm-hmm. like, he, Justin asked him to. It's just, you know, the kindness of his of his heart. But, yeah, he believes in Justin. So, I mean, it was not a doubt in his mind that it wouldn't have been successful right. at all. And he knows that there's a market for this kind of right. comic book because— even with Rage, and I think we might have talked about it at the time, but I mean, not Rage, I'm sorry, with Captain Astro, it was suggested that he might have been a gay character, but Rage is a very out-in-your-face character. Mm-hmm. And so Brian knows that there's a market for it, which was w- another reason why he was totally willing to put together a whole ad campaign for it. Absolutely. So. And he just l- literally believes in Justin's work. Right. I don't think, I mean, it didn't have to be Rage. It was whatever Justin did, artistic-wise, I mean, Brian knew, Brian already knows that Justin is going to... Um, be successful in it period. yeah yeah but he feels like that's his success and he doesn't want to like take from you know <laughs> take right. from his benefit but anyway so of course when justin offers the money brian says no and justin's like okay why not like plenty of times at this point we've seen him financially support justin but look at it justin always said no as well but brian had to go behind his back that's right and, and or do it. force his yeah, hand and make him take it exactly. yeah and so it's exactly right like he would get so mad at justin for being so stubborn about not taking his help but here he is yeah 
because in some ways they're so similar. Like, they are. They are opposites in some ways, which is really good, the ways that they are opposite, but they are a lot alike, too. They are. I think they're only opposite just because of the age, age right. difference. Right, and then just like Justin is more open about his emotions, and mm-hmm. Brian's got his issues, but they are both emotional people. Right. So, yeah. Brian says, no, I'm not taking your money. And I love Justin's response. He says, I thought we were partners. And there's just a beat before Brian responds to him. But he looks him in the eye and it's like the silent agreement, a reaffirmation of the commitments that they made that we didn't even really get to see them make. But we know that they're there. There must have been these words exchanged because Brian says, yeah, we are. Right. <laughs> so like, and he see, answered we- it. We are partners. Mm-hmm. And it's what he said it. It was just it was it was just them just hanging out, mm-hmm. them just having a conversation. It was it was easy. Yeah. Brian was never going to accept the money. He knew he he knew Justin was going to offer it because he knows Justin's heart. Right. Uh, but Brian already knew he was never going to accept it, mm-hmm. even when he offered it. It was coming. And I just love the, the back and forth banter between them, how he just gets up, walks around like, no, like, thank you. Yeah, we're partners, but I'm yeah, not, I'm not but doing no, that. Like, that's like, not, yeah. yeah, we there's can still be partners, way. but we're not yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much growth has happened in their relationship from definitely from season one to now, but even from like season two to now, you know, from the time they got back together to what we see right now, what I want is the deleted scene where they discuss the term partners, because that is a far cry from the unconventional non-defined boyfriend label they had in season three. And I just feel like I am owed that deleted scene. I want all the breakdown. I'm going to like have to work all my back channels to see if I can get some (laughs) info from the writers on that. Because, girl, you got the back channels. <laughs> you got the back channels, I'm going to dig sure. me some back channels. I'm telling you. Yeah. Facts. I promise we're going to move on past this one scene, but there's a couple other things <laughs> we got to get through because it's a really good scene, a very mm-hmm. strong opening for the two of them just to see where they are individually and, and where they are as a couple. Right. So the other thing is, like, we know that Brian doesn't want anyone to see him being vulnerable. Like, he doesn't even want people to know he's capable of being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. The fact that he is showing this to Justin, I think that's a sign of trust and respect and and love that he has for him, that he'll let him see him in this weak moment like this. Because right now, only Justin and kind of Michael know that he's the one behind the concerned citizens for the truth. I thought it was pretty important that he was letting him. That's what that scene was for. Yeah. You know, to show the viewers how far they've come along. Right. The love that Brian does have for them because he is a closed-off individual. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, fact, he's letting him see the credit yeah, card bills. Exactly. You know? Let him see the credit card bills. Let him see what he's going through. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm not superhuman. I, I'm human. Yeah. And I, I go through the same stuff everybody goes through, but I'm still going to make it. And the fact that he's trusting him with that, Brian Kenny, you right. know what I'm saying? The, the man of Pittsburgh, basically. Right. I mean, literally is letting you in on everything. So, I mean, that, that is the ultimate sign of trust, love. And uh, and just companionship and partnership. Exactly. And so it's like, I don't have to see them be a monogamous couple necessarily to see the level of commitment and love that they have for for each other. Right. Like, there's been so much exchange between the two of them. Like, I don't even need. Well, the last couple encounters, I mean, they've been very monogamous. Uh, Yeah. Or it's just. Have they? Yeah. Well, in season three, Brian has some little little extras. Uh, Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's fine. But it. Well, we'll, we can kind of talk about that here in a second. Don't let me forget, which means I'm going to forget. We'll loop back. We'll loop back. <laughs> anyway, uh, the whole scene is just everything. It's giving me early 2000s domestic partnership. Yes. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. They leave the loft and they go because Brian wants a drink. And he's out at the loft. So they go to 
They go to Babylon. This is what I'm talking about when I say Brian is not going to let anything stop him. You got thousands and thousands of dollars of credit card debt right. sitting on your kitchen table. <laughs> but you out in the clubs? Yes. Okay. Like, And you you having drinks? You know how much that drink costs at Babylon? Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Baby, you could have went into the store and got you a bottle and mm-hmm. called it a day. Yeah. Stayed at the crib. Okay. Yeah. Justin says that Brian may be a pauper, but he drinks like a prince. Like, that part. Okay. so true. Yeah. Well, Justin does try to pay, but Brian won't even let him do See? that. I think it's something small, but I think for Brian, this is a way for him to still maintain some control and authority in his own life. Like, it's very important for him to be responsible for himself and to himself. And so, even in this small thing, he's, he's like, he, he can't give. He just can't budge. Yeah, he doesn't want to be a liability uh-huh. to anyone. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, and like you said, he always got to have that control. That's what makes Brian, Brian. He's always had control. Control of the people. People always want to be with him. He has the power to say yay or nay. He's yeah. the gatekeeper, you know. He's the the head ad exec um, over there at Vanguard, uh, or was. And then, um, I mean, just everything. You know, he's most popular, everything. So the power is always in his hands. He's never mm-hmm. going to let that go. So this is a way that he can try to at least hold on to what's left. Right. You know, because the power. that's still new to him to not have his worth be associated with his possessions. Mm-hmm. That's still very new to him. Um, but anyway, they take their shots, and then Brian drags him off to the back room. And uh, as they're going back there, Justin's like, you know, you help everybody. Like, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, Liberty Avenue would be a police state if it weren't for you, which these are all facts. Facts. And I love how Justin has given him this, like, therapy session as they're walking through the back room. Through the room, back room, and room all girl. These naked men I was, I was thinking they're holding a full, real conversation in the yeah, back room. And, and Brian's like, uh-huh. He's like, runs his hand over Justin's hair and... He's looking at him lovingly like, yes, dear. Yes, I'm just going to say yes until I get your pants <laughs> I know, because he's not budging on any mm-hmm. of this. And then they run into to backroom Todd. Yes, girl. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. and how are you just, I mean, it's like, hey, Todd, how's it going tonight? Yeah. And Todd's just over there throwing that ass yeah. back. Like, you know what I'm saying? Back in the back. Like, hey, yeah. good, yeah. you? I was like, okay, y'all, y'all real comfortable. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, th- this is like, I know for sure two season openers. Todd's in the back room on Yo, him. <laughs> yeah. Look at Todd, okay. So yeah, he is he stays getting his life in the back room. Yeah, I see. Um and then, his best life. Yeah, so he interrupts the whole Todd interaction interrupts Justin's lecture, but he Brian helps them pick it back up, like when I need help. And then he's <laughs> yeah. like, Right, you won't take it. And you wanna know why that is? You always have to be in charge, the one who's in control, the one on top. <laughs> okay, that the one on top. <laughs> yeah. That's where he said that. Mm-hmm. And um I was just like Oh, are we fixing to have? Is Justin about to turn Brian over? But it, it didn't. It didn't go that far. Not a, we never get to see it in the back room. I don't think we would ever see that. Not in the, the back, back room. room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, Brian was like, "No, they ain't finna see this." Yeah, I know. The but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but that's for that's ours my only. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh can't see this. Yeah, but uh, and Brian's like, mm-hmm, "Yep, you got it. He's got to be the one on top. Got to be one in control." As he <laughs> turns Justin around to the wall there. It's a, another cute scene for the two of them, like because they're not going into the back room to look at decorations, you know. Absolutely not. And but even as they're having this talk, and Justin's giving him this loving lecture, and they've got these money issues, like none of that is a turnoff. They're just kind of solid it's because in they, who they are. Yeah, they know exactly who they are. Yeah, they know that they're gonna make it no matter what. I mean, mm-hmm. like they're not like hopeless. He yeah. knows he's not gonna be. I mean, he may not have actual cash on hand but i mean he has that beautiful loft so i mean he could do anything with that you know like yeah. he literally can do anything um and also he is a go-getter i mean brian's right. a hustler i mean if it came down to a game down to it brian is gonna come he's gonna get his money well, and he's the best at what he does in the pond that he's in there yeah. in pittsburgh so exactly i think he because some people be like devastated but i think he knows how good he is and he's like i'm letting some of this stuff blow over 
and then I'm gonna like, you know, he knows his get worth. back out there. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. he knows what he brings to the table. Yeah. Well, then we see Rita Montgomery, and I thought she was. Out I was of my like, life. why did we yeah. see her so soon? <laughs> I know. I want her out of my life. Oh, uh, well, she is harassing Ben outside of his apartment, and she's looking for Hunter. I'm not calling him Jimmy because he doesn't like that name. No. And Rita is acting like a trash box, and so I'm not gonna go by anything she recommends. Not the trash box. Yes. Well, <laughs> Hunter is MIA, and uh, Rita isn't buying that he just happened to run off somewhere. And so she asks Ben, well, what about your little boyfriend? My thing, Pauls, how you know my boyfriend missing? You stalking? Right. right. Like, what, what's going on Why with you that? Why you at my house all the yeah. time? You better be glad Michael doing something illegal because otherwise I'd call the cops that on That part, you. okay? Now you're looking real fishy out here, girl. <laughs> yeah. You're looking real suspect. Yeah. Get on. Beat your feet. Uh, But Ben tells her that Michael left to go find Hunter. And then she tells him, well, we have a custody hearing on Tuesday. And if they're not back, I'll have... I'll have Michael arrested you know, for kidnapping or for um, the other claim that I didn't write down. Um, what she say? Uh, um, Contributing to yeah. the delinquency of a of minor. A minor. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she's going to have him arrested. And then Ben's like, you wouldn't do that. But I don't trust Rita Montgomery. I so. think Rita Montgomery definitely would do that. Yeah, she's a snake. I don't yeah, trust her. she is. I wouldn't trust her either. And hell, Ben didn't either. Because two seconds later, we yeah, see like, him on that uh, phone. Michael, y'all gonna have to get to the house. <laughs> Baby, she here. <laughs> and she know what's up. Yeah. Okay, come back. The jig is up. Yeah, baby, it's up. Okay, yeah. the eagle has landed. She is here. <laughs> yeah. Come home. Mm-hmm. But Michael's like, hell no. And that's what I love about Michael. Michael even knows that he could even face jail time for this. And Michael still said, no, I'm doing what's best for Hunter. Yeah. And um, this season, I mean, the end of season three, I, gained, I you know, found my love for Michael again. And season four so far has not disappointed me. Like, I am loving this newfound Michael. Maybe it's the fact that he's he has a child on the way, you know, yeah. or maybe it was Hunter. He I don't know. He needed to have to but, focus his energy on someone else. Yes. Not himself and not have everybody else focused on him. Like, he needed to focus his energy. Because that's what he does best. Like, that's what Debbie said in season a, one. When he is taking care of someone else, mm-hmm. like, that is when he really shines. And that's true, I think. But he had been the one who, and I'm not saying it's because to like hate on Michael, but it's just the truth. He had been the one who was very coddled in their right. in their family group mm-hmm. for the most part. And so now that he's having to turn that energy out to somebody else, like that's when he shines. Exactly. Even in his friendship with 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 Brian or with Emmett or with the girls, like when he has to focus on them and what they need, that's when he's best. True. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm loving this new Michael, and I just hope season four continues this path with Michael yeah. because you only let me watch one episode at a time. That is very so, true. I, I hope that um, it, it continues. So yeah, Michael's like, no, but I love how Hunter is so quick. Like he doesn't know what Ben is saying, but I mean, he's picking up on okay, all the Okay, now I'm tossing my pen at you because we're not at that scene yet. Are we not there? No. Okay, well then let's, let's, let's rewind back it. it. Let's back it up. Yeah. Back it up. So Sorta. let's talk about what's going on right here. So mm-hmm. we see Melanie and she's going through her mail and she's also getting hit from all the charities that are hitting up Brian. And, you know, Melanie and Lindsay ain't really known for the coins. So. I know. So I'm like, why are they even sending y'all the mail? <laughs> right. Okay. They more for like manpower. You know, like they do the labor. Yeah. The volunteers. That part. But yeah. They but, ain't really known for the coins. Yeah. Not, not at all. They're known to borrow the coins. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> right. Is it borrowing? Well, you never give it back. So, yeah. Y'all just taking. You're yeah. right. They know for taking the coin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So, turns out they are also um getting Ted's mail. And so what I noticed in this uh, in this scene, like they're reading all the different charities and initiatives that they can donate to. And there are so many underfunded programs that support the LGBTQIA plus community. And so there are like a million things. If you you subscribe to one, 
a million of them come knocking at your door and it's like, I want to help all of them, but I also got to have like food and gas. Facts. And I mean, you're going to end up being a charity if you right. keep giving to everything. Yeah, that's what Mel says. Yeah. But I, um, Mel said she named one. And I was like, what? They had this back then? I was like, what? Yeah. Like, I, back, I thought yeah. that was something, I mean, not nothing new, but I thought that was something that's just now started happening within these late 2000s, mm-hmm. you know? not. I never thought about, you know, people transitioning not for the youth yeah. in 2000. So, yeah. oh, what year would that be? Would they were like, like 2002? 2003, three? 2002, three, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, I would have never thought that, you know, yeah. like ever. So I was like, dang, we've been fighting for these same rights for yeah. this long. It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Yeah, or just fighting to get some kind of support yeah. you know, and funding for, for this stuff. Yeah, because a lot of that, some of those don't get any state money or right. any federal money. True. And so, yeah. And that's why I love what we do here is mm-hmm. because... This show is 20 plus years old, you know, mm-hmm. 20 years old. And then we're still on. They're, they're addressing topics that we're still trying to progress on till. I mean, still in this day, yeah. like 2021, almost 2022. And I love that we can bring light and shed light to it as well right. into the masses. I mean, and we just, we just got to keep doing our diligence and keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, because if we don't talk about it, it's just going to keep something that is going to be talked about. Right. Uh, and just talking about it and not doing and anything about, done it. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I never, until we started doing our podcast, I never donated to a charity that was supporting the community. Like I donated to various other charities and they're all right. important, all important, you know, but I never donated intentionally to some that supported the community. But because of this show and because of what we're doing. And you can see. I do it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Okay, that was okay. a little side note. Back I know, topic. yeah. Yeah, no, we like to go off-road a little bit sometimes. <laughs> uh, well, so turns out Emmett is still staying with the girls, and uh, he and Vic are throwing a benefit for Think Positive, so yes. another uh, charity there. Um, and then he says, if we don't take care of each other, who will? Which is very important, because sometimes you see the people who are like you, but other people don't, yeah. But Emmett looks really good. I mean, it was so hard watching Emmett the back half of season three and just see him shrink in on himself mm-hmm. and to see him lose his, his color and his flame. And he's looking really good right When here. he came bouncing to that door, I was like, damn, Emmett, he's back. Yeah. I mean, he was high energy. He was upbeat. I mean, it was just himself. He was ready to get to yeah, it. Yeah, he's back to work. Because yeah. for a while that he was hiding on the couch, letting yep. Vic go do the work. But yeah. He's uh, back in the game for the most part. Uh, well, he notices or recognizes a plant on the table that looks pretty familiar. <laughs> and it was Ted's, of course, why he recognizes it. And the girls tell him that Ted is in rehab. And it's interesting that he didn't know that. What are your thoughts about that? It just makes me dislike Ted. I mean, like <laughs> Emmett should have been the first one because you have a million, million apologies that need to be had to him, um, given to him. So I feel like, and even if you're not together now, which I mean, it really wasn't super clear that they all, y'all weren't, like, together. Right. I mean, it w- you told him to leave, and he left, and then you came back to get him to come home. But it was clear, like, that would not have been healthy for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was thinking y'all were together, but just living separately. But And he's letting you, giving you some space while you work your stuff it's out. It's definitely unfinished business. Yeah. So, the fact that they knew and he didn't know, no, it actually pissed me off. Because mm-hmm. um, Emmett doesn't deserve that. Yeah. Emmett went through hell and high water for you. Damn near lost his friendship with Mel and Lindsay right. over you. To defend you. It, yeah, when you stole you. their baby's money. Exactly. You know, and then you couldn't just say, hey, I'm trying to better myself. I still love you. I mean, just communication, bro. Yeah. You're a smart man. Yeah. It's like I get why he's trying to keep it a secret, but it does seem a little bit hurtful. It was shitty to me. Yeah. Yeah. So they tell him that they're they're thinking about going to visit and they ask 
Emmett to tag along, and he he is booked and busy. Yeah, and not interested in that. And Mel says, "Well, I'm sure he he could use the support." And I'm sure Emmett's thinking, "I was trying to support him mm-hmm. and help him before, and look how you exactly. know exactly like now." So. I'm I'm getting myself together, mm-hmm. and we're gonna let him get himself together. I don't need nobody pushing me, you know, what I'm saying to yeah. do something I'm not ready for yet. Yeah, yeah. he a little bit. He kind of lashes out at Mel. Oh, he got like, snappy. Yeah, yeah what kinda. an interesting thing to come from you, Mel. Like you were the first to condemn him, and now you're like his cheerleader. And then she says, "Well, he's he's trying to get better. He's trying to help himself." And Lindsay says, "Isn't that what you wanted?" And he did want that, but it's like why it's this weird thing and i'm sure it's an even bigger version of like when you break up with somebody after giving them chance after chance to be better and do better and then you see them with a new person and it seems like they corrected all the things for that person that they never corrected for you Mm -hmm. and so that's got to be tough Mm -hmm. you know it kind of stings a little bit mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like everything that i went through even trying that with you to try to get you to trust me and to listen to me, to understand that I love you and I'm for you, but I want better for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I can understand him being a little upset and a little Yeah, and the fact that they're just like, yeah, you should come. No, but y'all saw me crying on your couch and laid up on your couch over here. And then you're you're just like, oh yeah, give him a second chance that quick. No. Right. When you're gonna be down for me, like I'm happy for him. Let him get his help or whatever the case. Mm-hmm. But if a real friend will be checking for me first, how are right. you? Right. Well, and also he just found out yeah, that just Ted is out. there. Because he's at asked he was at a, like a black and blue party or whatever. So he, he was just making a joke. Found out. Yeah. yeah. So mm, yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. So this is where we find Hunter. He and Michael are in a cheap motel. And uh Hunter's been enjoying being on the run. Even though the he money, would. yeah, even though the money is dwindling, yeah, yeah. Girl, the, money, the well is drying up. Yes, I want who is running Michael's shop. I, well, maybe Ben is checking in on it, and Justin probably over there running some shit too. Justin might be. Yeah, Justin's probably running it mm-hmm. for sure. But this is what I don't like about about Hunter. Like, bro, you looking nasty again? <laughs> that whole room, I couldn't even imagine. It really being bothers in there. you when he looks unkempt. Yeah, when he, I don't. <laughs> That room looks nasty. You ate yeah. you ate everything. You didn't save anything for Michael. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. Like, get it together. Like, he's insane. Like, for real. Yeah. So this is where we're, you were talking about earlier. Ben calls to check up and let them know, let Michael know about Rita's threats. And he's like, y'all have to come back. But Michael's determined he's not going to let her take him. He's like, mm-hmm. no, we'll stay away for as long as we have to. And Michael won't tell Ben where they are because he doesn't want him to have to lie. Well, which uh, is cute. Yeah. Because if he is subpoenaed, he, he does, he's telling the truth. I don't know where he is. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was smart yeah. and cute. Well, over at the diner, Mama Debbie is worried. She says it's been three days and she hasn't heard from Michael except for, except for a cryptic message. Don't worry, Ma. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Justin says it doesn't sound strange or cryptic to him. And Brian laughs like, oh, sunshine, you yes, don't understand you don't the level of unhealthy going on yes. in that mother-son duo right there. You only got four years with us. If that, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, baby, we need you to, to really pay attention because yeah. trust me. Yeah, it's it's real unhealthy over there. Uh, it, Debbie says this is the first time since Michael learned to pick up a phone that they haven't talked three times a day. If I were their therapist, I would say, let's start there. No, facts. Let's start there. <laughs> let's start right there. Okay. Debbie, get a life. Yeah. Okay. Michael, get a life. Yeah, grow up. Please. Yeah. Uh, Brian says that explains so much, and that is very true. I'm a mama's boy, and I don't even talk to my mama like that. Yeah. I mean, for real. I mean, I go days without talking to yeah. her. And I mean, my every thought is of my mother. Like, I, lo- <laughs> I love her. Okay, maybe, maybe that sounded nasty. Not every thought. Y'all, y'all know what I mean. <laughs> 
Y'all know what I mean. I, I love my you mom. You think about your mom a lot, yes. but you don't have to talk to her three times yes, a day. Yeah, it's that part. Okay. Yeah. Well, poor Debbie is stress eating Brian's food, and she tells uh, Ben to please tell Michael that she loves him up to the sky and back. Pause. Do you think Michael told Brian where he is? No, I don't think Michael really? told Brian. I don't think he told anyone where he is because he didn't want to put any, he didn't want to jeopardize anyone. If they're going to be coming to Ben, they're going to be going to all of his friends too and trying to subpoena them as well. If they really think he's kidnapping a child, you mm-hmm. know. So, no, I don't think he want to put anybody in harm's way. This is something that he had to do. Well, you're making me feel bad because I was like, oh, he definitely told Brian where he well, went. I just feel like he wouldn't jeopardize Brian in that way. I think that he sees them in two different, like, he knows the way Ben is and Ben would want to just be up front about it. And not that Brian would necessarily want to lie, but you Girl, know how Brian... would have told Debbie. Debbie would have lied. Debbie still lies to Michael. Yeah. About, you know, like his father and shit. Okay. She would have lied to the cops. Okay. Yeah. And then she went down and saw um, our friend. What's his name again? Um, Horvath. She would went down and saw him yeah. and would say, listen, I need you to make this story up. I'm going to give you some of that young Deborah. <laughs> If you, if you can help me. Deborah. Okay, well, you know, I mean, they gave, they taught her right. They did teach her right. Yeah. They got her together. She, she got that golden throat. And, um, <laughs> sorry, she got that golden throat, though. She's going to give him some of that young Deborah, and he was going to lie for her, too, you know, and they yeah. kept it pushing. So, in my opinion, I feel like, Brian, and also, I don't think Brian even gives a damn. Like, you yeah. did your thing, like, whatever. I got other shit going on. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. that's you. And yeah. the badass little boy. Maybe, yeah. Well, Melanie offers to look into the whole custody hearing thing, and I'm kind of wondering why we just now getting to that point. But um, I guess it hasn't been that long. This was all very quick uh, when Michael grabbed him and they just ran because it's been three days. So that's from... Well, she should have been looking into that a long time ago when the boy first started living with them. Yeah. But one, he's an underage kid. Well, I guess they didn't know the whole situation until Rita showed up. Oh yeah, because they thought he—they thought she was dead or something. Right? He said that she was in prison. Oh, in prison, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah and, and he was just was in dead. foster care. Yeah, uh, so maybe that's why. But anyway, well, Debbie is handing out all of their little lunch tickets, and she doesn't give Brian his, and she tells him that he can settle up later when he gets back on his feet. Now that's growth. Yeah, but who would have thought Debbie would say some shit like that? I know. Yeah, not to Brian. I could have seen him like doing it to Sun. Oh, sunshine. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Keep your tips. She and she said it's so sweet. Yeah, I was like, y'all, Debbie, sick. Mm-hmm. Y'all, don't get Michael back. Hurry up. Yeah, for real. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, Brian does not like that because he feels if, like charity, right? Well, and if he is not comfortable with Justin offering him money, he definitely ain't comfortable with Smelly Melly and being offering him money. <laughs> you know? And he like Lindsay, I ain't giving it to you because you're gonna need it back for me next exactly. week. So. So anyway, she says he has to get back on his feet. So he proceeds to do just that and snatches up everyone else's ticket and says that lunch is on him. Well, Justin tries to interject, but Brian says that by 4.30, he intends to be reinstated in his former position with a sizable raise. Come through. Yeah. I was, that literally put a smile on my face. Yeah. Well, he says that he's going to try to be gracious for as long as he can. Then he's going to stick it to Vance. And I have no doubt that he will do just that, but not in a sexual way. Nah. Ugh, yeah. I don't even want to see Brian do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Vance, don't, he doesn't deserve the Kenny, the Kenny piece. Yeah. So then we get another little interlude, another performance. And um, it's kind of like a shift between moods or between like acts, mm-hmm. I guess, of this episode. And I just caught this. The first song was what I did for love. And I like that that's what led us into the scene with Brian because that was the whole reason that he's in this financial predicament. It was yeah. because of love. Mm-hmm. You know? So very clever writers. They always uh, clever, girl. Yeah. Uh, so this song is 
there will be some there will be some changes made and it's sometimes recorded by Billie Holiday. Um, and so we see Ted. And uh, to be honest, I kind of thought that we might not see Ted for at least a few episodes. But I am glad that we get to see him doing the work, the hard work of recovery. Oh, I wanted to see Ted. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I like the well, storyline. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, it's just so much juice in it. And it was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to see this play out. So I wanted yeah. to see. Um, I'm glad they showed him. Yeah, I'm glad it's not a time jump. And then he just shows up months down the road, like healthy. All's well. Nothing mm-hmm. happened. But and so like, yes, he's changing. But change is a process. Yeah. And sometimes a long and dirty and hard process. And, and I want I mean, and he was a little hooked on, yeah. on the crystal. So yeah. I want to see him go through those ups and downs because it's not easy. It's right. hard. I want to mm-hmm. see him put in that mm-hmm. hard work. I want to see him crash down and then his team build him back up. Right. You know? I want to see him think he's above rehab. Yeah. But really, dude, you're not. Exactly. And, yeah. And so I'm glad that the writers literally gave us all of that. That's that's one thing that I love about the show. They make mm-hmm. it so true to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they're literally literally pulling from real life experiences. Again, I've always talked about how, you know, my family struggle with addiction. So I've seen my family go with yeah. those ups and those downs and mm-hmm. you're thinking they're going to do well. But then the relapse happened, you know, and everything they'll tell you, everything under the sun, it sounds so good. Uh, but really... They're not good. Right. So I want I, I want to see this journey with him in this rehab. So, I mean, they're doing great. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with everything you said there. Well, so he's sitting in this group session with these people and he's telling them about what ultimately led him to come in to, to seek help. And he tells them everything about what happened, what he saw on the video and how it was him in the video. And um, he's like, once I saw that, I knew I had to I knew I had to come here. Um, even tells him that he's concerned about his status now because he's not hopeful. He doesn't know what that's going to be. That was scary. I think I said that like, girl, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Like, I mean, you're you're knocked out and you are literally having sex with multiple partners. Baby, it's not the best look. Like, right. It's scary. Yeah. And, you know, I'm also glad that Blake is here. Like, it's got to be kind of awkward, I'm sure. But I'm glad that Blake is here because I highly doubt this is a story that Ted wants to tell his friends. But there's still this person in this room who does know him. Mm-hmm. So he's not only talking to a room full of strangers. Like for me, sometimes it's easier to talk to a stranger about things. But then you leave and no one in your real life knows that truth. Right. But here he's kind of getting the best of both worlds. He mm-hmm. doesn't have to go to the people that he's too ashamed to go to yet. But he can go to somebody who knows him plus these strangers and be able to talk about this story. I'm so glad that they didn't just like wash it over. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love that they made him for uh, they made him tell that story. The first step in you know overcoming your addiction is you know, acknowledgement and right. being honest admitting with yourself, the truth, yeah. admitting the truth, admitting you have a problem, yeah. admitting you need help, yeah. And that's what he did. And mm-hmm. I love that they. I mean, his acting was phenomenal in that scene. It was just it was a small thing, not the words that were coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Um, but what I loved when looking in that scene, I was like, damn, Ted, Ted is back. Mm-hmm. He looked healthy. He didn't yeah. have that, that the crazy deranged yeah. look in his eye. Oh my gosh! It was back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, he looked clean for once because mm-hmm. he was looking all greasy and dirty and stuff. So he looked really clean. But what I loved in here, he, you could tell he was struggle with struggling saying the words. The way he was fidgeting his fingers. Did you notice right. that? Like mm-hmm. the hand movement. It was like nervous movements. I was like, this boy is acting his ass off. Yeah. Like I mean, he is really, really doing it. Yeah. I mean, he brought the nerves mm-hmm. to the character. Like mm-hmm. I mean, like. It's an uncomfortable conversation to be had, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. And, to admit something like that mm-hmm. in a room full of other men and just, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Ugh. But anyway, Blake is looking beautiful. Girl, mm-hmm. okay, rehab did Blake did about yeah. it good. Okay, Come through did with a Blake fro- good. The frosted tips, yeah, you know those early two thousand frosted tips. Yeah, girl, yeah. everybody had them. But he has a ring on his finger. I don't know what that's about. Either, I was, I was noticed. I was like, mm-hmm. this man is engaged. I, I can clock a ring mm-hmm. on a finger for real. My eyes always looking. <laughs> yeah, from ten miles away. That part. Yeah, that that bird's eye view. Yeah. <laughs> So they're talking afterwards, and as after Ted shares the story, they're out in the hall, and Blake is telling him, you know, no one is judging you. I'm glad that you felt like you could share that. No one's judging you here. For for Ted, that was very important for him to hear that, I think. Uh, and Ted says that he keeps thinking that if none of this would have happened, like, I might not have seen you again, Blake. Like, all of this led me to you, and it's like, ooh. I don't like those mm-hmm. words. There's something to what's going on in this scene between them and the change in Ted's demeanor that ha- that. It has me seeing like not quite red, but very pink flags. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, to me, I see red flags. Mm-hmm. I see you are in the most vulnerable state ever. Mm-hmm. You're trying to attach, latch on immediately to someone that you know, and it's not healthy. Y'all are both recovering. Although he is recovered, he's still recovering. He will always right. You will always be in recovery. Yeah, you will yeah. always be in re- uh, in recovery. It's not healthy for the both of you guys to be together. You in the very first stages. Mm-hmm. You're probably still going through withdrawal. Mm-hmm. You know, like literally, if it's only well, been, it's a been week. A, yeah, even, yeah. If it's been a week, yeah, if it's yeah. Been a week. So you're probably still going through withdrawal. You're you're in this the phase where you're being really sweet. You're really nice. Like it hasn't hit you yet. Like it hasn't. You haven't went through. The downside. Right. You're still on the high. And um, Blake recognizes those signs. Yeah. So he's letting Ted say whatever he needs to say. But you see, Blake is not even reactive and responsive with those. I mean, right. he's re- he, he responds, but it's almost like he skips over any, any little advance. Like, I mean, Ted is doing some flirting. Mm-hmm. That's what I picked up yeah. on. You're, you're flirting. Right. And, um, yeah, Blake is just like, okay, we're just going to keep yeah. it professional. We're going to move on. I feel like Ted is trying to, like... Take the shortcut. He's he trying is. to like bypass, like, oh, well, Blake knows me. He can vouch mm-hmm. for me. So I don't have to do all the normal, you know, rehab steps, mm-hmm. you know, because he he can vouch for me. Yeah. And then he's like trying to latch on to him. And yeah, yeah, it's already like I saved him. He knows what's right. up. Right. Well, and it's already dangerous when you're in therapy. And, you know, that thing about project projecting and people feel like they fall in love with their therapist. Yep. And so here you are. And that's when you don't even know your therapist. Well, here he already knows Blake and they had a relationship before. And so. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing some flags. I wonder there. if that's a conflict of interest. Like, if the people in that facility knew that, like, Ted was the one who brought Blake to the facility, you know, and they had a whole relationship, all this and that, could he Would still they be allow participate yeah. in that class with Blake? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably something that they make on a case-by-case basis, right. a decision they make that way. But, uh, yeah, it's it definitely needs some, um, yeah, somebody might need to look into that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, Ted invites Blake to grab some lunch with him, and Blake goes to check his messages and says, like, he'll meet him over there. Ted's looking around while he's waiting, and he has a visitor. It is Emmett, and Ted, for a minute, does not look happy to see him. He didn't look happy at all. His yeah. whole He almost looked angry yeah. for just a second. Yeah. Well, he goes over to Emmett, and he asks, well, how'd you find me? And he's, like, trying to act like everything's all chipper, you know, everything's all good. It's like, oh, last time I saw you, you were tweaked out of your mind. Exactly. Yeah. But anyway, so Melanie and Lindsay, of course, told Emmett where where Ted was. And Emmett says that he's happy that Ted is there. And Ted is being weird. I mean, I kind of get it, but he's being weird. And Emmett is cautious for many reasons, I'm sure. And he wants to say the right thing and, you know, show his support, but not, really get into all the other stuff. Because he wouldn't get his better judgment by mm-hmm. coming there anyway. He right, because he didn't want to come. No, yeah, didn't. because it was going to be hurtful and it was just going to be awkward and weird. And um, Well, he asks Ted how long he'll be there and Ted says, not long at all. I'm feeling good, you know, good as new already. And Emmett tells him, well, well don't rush it or 
and Ted immediately gets defensive, like, or what? I'll end up using again? Is that what you're saying? And Emmett says, well, you know, I'm just saying don't take the cupcakes out of the oven until they're done. And he gets aggressive. Oh, yeah. He gets aggressive. And, you know, the rehab is about more than just getting whatever substance out of your system. It's about figuring out what led you to that substance mm-hmm. and to abuse that substance. It's about it's internal work. That yeah. Needs to be done. You have to find out what were you chasing and how can you chase something healthier or what do you need to face instead of right. chasing something or running away from something? And it's about creating a plan to move forward and away from the bad choices in the wrong environments. And he's like, Trying to bypass all of that, yeah. all that stuff. Why do you think he's being like this to Emmett in this scene? I mean, he probably feels, well, for one, he's embarrassed. Okay, he's embarrassed. He loves Emmett still, but he knows at this time in, in the life, you know, Emmett just can't be with him. And Emmett probably distrusts him as well. So instead of him being apologetic, you know, and, and sensitive with Emmett, he's being aggressive, you know. And I find myself, I used to do this all the time, too. I would project anger when I should be showing remorse, right. you know, like, mm-hmm. It was easier for me just to be angry opposed to saying, I'm sorry, I messed up. This is on me. You know, like I'm going to work to get better. But he's not doing that. He's he right now. He's still pointing fingers. He's still placing blame. Yeah. And I feel like he's low key kind of blaming Emmett. And I don't know Mm -hmm. for what Mm -hmm. or why Emmett didn't put you there. Your friend put you there. Side note. Why don't we get some type of follow up with this damn doctor who got everybody hooked? I know. Well, because he's still out there doing yeah. whatever he, yeah. Exactly. So, like, no, I mean, that's the first thing I would have done. I would have been the whistleblower on mm-hmm. that. But, um, yeah, I feel like he's just, he's projecting. Like, I mean, he's embarrassed. Yeah. He's still hurt. He just doesn't know how to address it properly. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I think he's still in denial. Yeah. Um, and he's definitely ashamed and he's wanting to pretend nothing happened and like everything's fine over here. We're all good. Let's keep moving. Mm-hmm. Um, which is all very common behavior for um, a recovering addict, definitely in those early those early stages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Ted says in response to Emmett, well, isn't that profound? In case you haven't noticed, I'm not a cupcake and I have no intention of winding back up here in the loser's lounge. And it's like, Ted, you're still thinking that you're different and your situation is different and you're not like the other losers. You just got got a little too happy with the crystal, too friendly with Tina. You know, yeah, like, baby, like, no, dude, you were like a certified crystal queen. That part, okay. Yeah, and I'm not saying to be mean, but like, it's the facts. That's the truth, and sometimes the truth you need to hear it to set you free. Yeah, so, that part. Yeah. Uh, and my thing is, I mean, you're clearly not even gaining what you need to gain from there when you're sitting here calling the same people that's going through the same shit as you, right? Losers. You like, don't. You still don't feel like you belong here. Yeah, like, like you need what they offer here. So you're never gonna. You're never gonna get well mm-hmm. because your mindset is still stuck there. You're, you're never gonna better yourself. Yeah. So they're having this conversation. It just continues to go downhill. And he says, "Did you just come here to see how far I sunk?" Or I told Melanie Lindsay, "I didn't want anyone to see me here." And then Blake comes over and the plot thickens. Girl, Emmett read Emmett, Blake for filth. The claws okay. came out. I was, yeah. He was like, oh, what, what did he say? He said, oh, back again? Or have you never looked? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, come through. And Ted tells him, well, Blake is not a patient. He's a counselor now and a really good one. And Emmett's being a little feisty. What did he say again? Go ahead. Yeah, well, if anyone knows his stuff, it's you. Yo, <laughs> I was like on that. the floor. Yeah. Dead. And Ted says... He's been amazing. I don't know what I would have done if he hadn't been here. 
Like, Ted is trying to get cut. Okay, and that part right there. See, Ted knows what he's doing. You're shooting shots, mm-hmm, okay? Mm-hmm. You're literally standing in front of me, someone who tried to help you through this whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. And you giving all the credit to this little guy over here who left your ass broken and battered. Yeah. It was me picking your ass up, picking the pieces up. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, he ran from you. Mm-hmm. He did everything I told you he was going to do. And then you sit over here singing him all the praises when you put me through hell. I didn't even know where you were for a whole week. And you stole from your friends. I'm covering for you. Right. I dropped my whole life for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, come I on. I threw a party, had to leave my own home for, for you. you and your little friends. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, no, he's shooting shots. And then in that moment right there, it all switched for me. And I was like, I don't like this character anymore. He, he this is not, this, he's not shining right no, now. No, he is yeah. not shining. I know where this is coming from, but he is not shining right now at all. But I'm proud of Blake for not getting involved. He didn't entertain yeah. anything. Which that's not his personality anyway, but he didn't get in the middle of it. Well, I he think, knows. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's dealt with this before. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, well, and, and probably was that person lashing out at right, one point. Right, exactly. So, yeah. so I mean, he understands and he knows they're both hurt mm-hmm. and hurting. He already knows the love that Emmett, he, I'm pretty sure. He, he probably didn't even know that Emmett and Ted became romantically involved, you mm-hmm. know. So, right, but yeah. he already knows. He probably that, never would have thought no, that. No, he didn't. But he, but he knows how good of a friend Emmett is to Ted, mm-hmm. and how how Emmett rides for Ted. Right. So, I mean, he understands the hurt. So, I don't think that he took offense to it all. I mean, because Emmett was on his ass. Yeah. So, I don't think he took <laughs> offense to it. That's Ted's fault. Yeah. Ted is the one who made Emmett turn on Blake like that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so we get another interlude, and this this song is "Cry Me a River." And we see Brian, and he's in Gardner's office there because he's supposed to, you know, be getting his job back. And uh, Gardner's so happy that Brian is there. I'm like, look at Fake you. Ass. Yeah, all backslidden and backstroking. Yeah. Look at you. Boy, you better get your moonwalk ass yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Oh, oh, you little slithering snake. That but part. he says, well, did you hear the news? Stockwell was indicted for the whole cover-up of the murder of um, Jason Kemp. And Mayor Deacons has demanded his resignation. He's like, well, lucky for Vanguard, he didn't bring us down with him. And Brian's like, looking at him like, mm-hmm. Yeah, that You part. got your nerve, dude. Oh, Lord. Okay, take them pretty arched eyebrows and, and get on. Because they okay? are pretty. They are. That's why I had to add that. I mean, yeah. his eyebrows do be on fleek. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh. But yeah, get out of here with that, okay? But one, when I came to the door, you should have been groveling at the feet. Yeah, period. for real. Mm-hmm. He tells Brian to name his price to come back. And Brian's like, well, I don't know, Gardner. It's not just about the money. You know, the other, other, other things to consider. <laughs> he wants a jacuzzi in his private bathroom, an unlimited exp- expense account, yes. and loyalty. And that's how Brian works. Like, he throws out some nonsense or some less important things. And, and then, then he gets to what he really wants. And what he wants is loyalty. Like, you should have stood by me before. You think me and my fine boyfriend just go out hanging posters in the middle of the night? For no reason. You know, risking fines and our freedom just yeah. because. Like, That's felony charges. Right. And, you know, maybe sometimes they do that. But here it was justified. And Gardner did ask Brian why. But when Brian gave him the reason, he didn't try to understand that or investigate that. Uh, but Gardner says, well, I'll give you my word. Well, what does that mean yeah. these days? I don't trust you and at so all. And so he's like, well, I'll give you my handshake. Um, and so they do shake, but then there is paperwork and Gardner is trying to make him sign a non-compete. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay. So now I see what this is about. You know that I can take my clients with me and you don't want that to happen. So this ain't about keeping me. This is about keeping the clients that I brought you. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, Brian Kenny is, um, a Vanguard. Like, I mean, that, that's. 
he is that company. Right. Come because on even now. before when it was Ryder's company, he it was, was the, the pe- yeah, it yeah. was the people that Brian brought in mm-hmm. and then he had to, you know, impress this guy to get his partnership. And he did. Job. And he brought he brought the fire. He brought yeah. the heat because you put the flame under yeah. him and now you can see he can perform and now you still, you want to try to keep him, put him in a cage. Right. So it's like, you obviously don't trust me to stay right. here, which, nor should you because, I, you know, I can't trust you. Exactly. But, yeah, like, you're going to start out day one with a non-compete? Like, mm, yeah, nah, nah but it's not. You should have no. did that when I became partner. Right. <laughs> you should have been more strategic about that because, nope, Brian's not going to do that. Uh, at least not right here. He's not not going for that. Um, and he tells him, "Don't cl- you shouldn't count your clients before they're snatched." That part, okay. Yeah. So then we see Michael, and he's looking for Hunter because remember they were at the hotel mm-hmm. and they were needing some food. And they didn't have any money, and so Hunter said he would take care of it. So Michael's out looking for him, and because uh, he left early, he hasn't come back. Well, Michael finds him, girl, <laughs> climbing out of a truck. It was like Hunter's <laughs> back at it like, again. All right, let's go eat. I got some money, and then Michael's like, "How could you?" And he says, how could I what? We were broke. What are you talking about? And then Michael says, I risked everything for you, which let me just say, having gone through psychology courses, and that's not something you say to your children because you don't do that. You can mess kids up by doing yeah, that. Like, no, say, I do, after all I do for you, you can mess your kids up. Don't do that to mm-hmm. your kids. <laughs> but anyway, he says, you're going to do what I tell you to do. We're going back. And um, Hunter's like, well, no, you promised we wouldn't do that. He's like, no, we're going to go back. And we're going to fight. And we're going to try to turn you into a normal human being. At the moment, like, flapping my arms and flying to the moon seems like a better bet. Go ahead. <laughs> now, I mean, like, oh, listen, my thing is, I'm proud of Hunter for saving the day. Because normally Hunter would have took that, would have gotten that truck and would have been gone. Okay? Like, <laughs> we would never seen him again. But the fact that he did his thing and came back with money for the both of y'all so y'all could eat, I was proud of him in that moment. But at the same time, like, Hunter, be normal. Why yeah. could you just got a sign or some shit and it made $10? You young. They would have gave you money. You didn't have to go and suck nobody up. Like, come on, bro. <laughs> Be normal. Yeah. And Michael's all worried and shit. Don't even know where you are. You're not, even cl- you're not even close to home. And then Michael. The boy didn't ask you to do any of this. So like you said, don't project that onto me. Right. I, that's all I've done for you. I didn't ask you to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm appreciative of you. Mm-hmm. But I didn't ask you to do any of that. So don't, don't don't put that on me at all. Right. But I thought it was funny that Michael was like, we're going to turn you into a decent human being. Yeah. You know, okay, not everybody's going to like this or agree with it. And that's fine. But you got to remember, Hunter was conditioned to think that this is how he contributes to his family. Since he was 12, he was told... You have to earn your place here. You earn it by standing on the street corner and making money mm-hmm. to support this household. So that's always been normal for him. Normal is the neighborhood you come from. True. That's what he's always. Now, true, there should be some part of him that knows, okay, but that's not how pe- regular people do things. <laughs> but that's what he's always done. And mm-hmm. so he's like, what's the big deal? We were hungry. We needed money. I went and got us some. That part. Uh, So, yeah, like that's how he knows to make ends meet. So I get why Michael is upset. And I get what he's saying, but I also now, yes, he should know better. Like I said, but if you've been conditioned from twelve to do that, you're gonna. And that's he's been your on, normal. Yeah, and he's been in his, on his own for a little while, so it's like that's the only thing what he knows he can count on to get money that way. Facts. No, I agree. So in his way, he thought he was helping, even though it's like you should. This is why you need some counseling too. <laughs> part, so we're gonna baby. put you, Michael, and Debbie in in a All little in a little therapy. Yeah. yeah, I am very pro therapy this episode. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we see Ted back at the rehab center, and he's a little grouchy. He's channeling his in, inner Cinderella there, scrubbing the floor. Girl, he's scrubbing. Yeah, he's also experiencing some constipation, which is a side effect of crystal meth usage, which I did not know. Is it? Yes. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know if that's why day. they put that in there, but I yeah. 
I have that information. I don't know why or what to do with it, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, Well, Ted and Blake have a very honest conversation here, and I think it's the one that they didn't get to have before because Ted gets to tell him how upset he was Mm -hmm. that Blake left, and Blake gets to say why he left. Like, I left because I cared about you, and I didn't want you to see me like that. And, you know, sometimes you need more distance or something new or more separation from people to get better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, And again, he just didn't want to keep doing it. I mean, he knew that it was a hard road, you know, as much. I mean, I truly feel Blake wanted to be better. I think so, but too. But the crystal was just, I mean, it's a beast. Because when we first know? met him, he was trying, like, yeah. on his own. Like, mm-hmm. outside of rehab, he was trying. Yeah. yeah, and so he really wanted to do better, but, I mean, it had a hold on him, you know? Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to bring Ted down. And also, yeah. Ted would have done anything for him. So right. if he would have said, hey, do this with me like he did for Emmett, I mean, it would have been two of them right. strung the hell we out. we saw what happened with the GHV in the yeah, first, you, you, know, you know, when they first met. And yeah. I think that he loved Ted so much, he couldn't drag him down that rabbit hole, rabbit hole with him. So he decided what was best, and it was just to leave. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it felt shitty, but I mean, he did it out of a loving place. Yeah. Uh, well, Ted is bitter about a lot of things. And he says, well, now he's here in rehab. And he says, you know, they can all come and gawk at me like they can feel superior. Like he thinks that's what Emmett did. And that is not at all what Emmett did. And I feel like that's Ted's insecurity. And it goes back to him pointing fingers. He Mm -hmm. has never he has not once when it comes to his friends taking ownership of how he treated them or the shit he put them through yet. Right. And that's what I'm waiting for. Mm -hmm. I think I can be back on the Ted bandwagon because we all fall off. I'm not perfect. So we all fall off and do something. So but if it takes I want to see him have that ownership like. This is all my fault. I did this. Mm-hmm. I, I know if he stay in the rehab, they're gonna. That's part of the program. He will get there. Yeah. But I, that's what I'm waiting for. Because right now, again, he's still in this scene. He's still pointing fingers at, right. at others and not at himself. Yeah. He he might be at step one. So he got some other steps. Yeah. He got some more steps to go. <laughs> yeah. Definitely got some more steps. Uh, but then he tells. Well, Blake is telling him. You know, uh, I'm sure it was just as awkward for Emmett as it was for you. And I feel like Blake is. Giving, being very helpful, giving really mm-hmm. good advice to him as a friend, but also as a counselor. Uh, and then Ted says, well, at least I have you. You're the only one who knows how it feels and what it's like. And Blake recognizes when it's time to exit. Yes. And he says, well, I have to go. And Ted asks if he has a hot date. And he says, actually, yeah, they're going to see some opera. And, that was uh, like a slap in the yeah, face. Yeah, I was like, uh-uh, you don't get to take my hobbies yeah. and trot off with your new, with your new hottie. You no. didn't even know nothing about the La Traviata. <laughs> For real. Okay, until me. I'll put you up on game, yeah. okay? Okay, I'll put you thing. in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he tells Ted that he's hooked on it now, thanks to um, thanks to him. So I am well, happy to see Well, that's almost how, you know, when, when Ted told Blake, Oh my God! If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. He was like, "Well, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't. I would. I would be hooked. I wouldn't be hooked on this yeah. opera, and I'm going to enjoy it with somebody else." Good night. Yeah. Scrub those floors. Yeah. You missed the spot. <laughs> Don't forget to get the corner. Yeah. Get over there. Yeah. Tedarella. Um. So then we see Ben and Michael, and they are reuniting there. And Hunter interrupts, like, "What about me?" And Ben is happy to see them all still in. In one piece, also in one piece, but kind of a hot mess is Brian's Corvette. Oh, Lord. That was so disrespectful. Extremely Returning his car like that. I mean, girl, that car, it's seen way better days. Okay. Yeah. There's a crushed burger box in the floorboard, and Brian cannot believe Michael ate in his car. Yeah, I feel like he could have at least tried to do a little something. I mean, baby, he didn't try to rinse it. I mean, a water hose, no nothing. Like, I mean, bro... I know y'all have drive-through little car washes. 
Dude, bro, the car was like a dark green, brown, black, a dark, a dark color. Why it come out tan? Yeah. I mean, all the mud. <laughs> like, I mean, did you go mudding in it? Like, yeah, what? Tab, yeah. What in the world? Yeah. And Ryan tells him it's like that time in the seventh grade when he let Michael borrow his 10-speed, and when he returned it, the front fender was crushed, the seat was torn, and Michael says, I was hit by a bus. Only Michael. <laughs> and Brian's like, okay, and yeah, you it still was messed mine. up. It was brand new. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he's telling Michael that's the last time he lends him anything, and Michael shuts him up with a kiss, and I'm just going to insert a heavy sigh. Yeah, me too, girl. Right here. Eye roll and a sigh. Yeah. Side eye. Yeah, and he's... he. And Brian says, what was that for? And he says, it's a thank you for letting me use the car um, for no other reason than the fact that that you love me. And I just... I can't stand the way he... It's the look. Like, I don't like the yes, gaze it's the and the looking, eye. It's the yeah, face that he makes and that, like, hopeful, dreamy yeah, thing. And I'm like, it. you were just sucking face with your man yeah. while ago. What are you doing? <laughs> Stop kissing him on the lips and looking in his eyes like that. He does not want you. Okay? He would never want you. Hated it. Yeah, that part. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, Brian is decked out in this pinstripe suit and his hair slicked back. And mm-hmm. it's like, all right, Mr. Kenny, where are you going? You're on a mission, girl. Yeah. Uh, he asks Michael how he looks. And Michael says he looks like a million bucks. And Brian tells him not to sell him short. So he says 10 million. Ah. Uh, so we get another another interlude. And the song here is I Only Have Eyes for You. And then mm-hmm. we get to see Brian putting the the moves on his uh, his clients there. Because which he is smooth, by the way, I will yeah. say he did that. I, I literally like get my popcorn and jump for joy because yeah. he did that. Well, the news is he's starting his own agency, and it's all the clients we've seen him win for Gardner. Um, it's Iconics, it's the meat steakhouse, like guy yeah, or whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they have um, the, the athletic wear. The yeah, the brown athletics. Athletic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's going after like some pretty heavy, heavy accounts, and mm-hmm. the ones that he is responsible for, the like they entrusted. Their they campaign trust him. to him, yeah. yeah. And yeah. they know he can bring the results, and they know that he's going to bring the results. What I love is, I love what he promises them that, you know, it's going to be more of a, a personal touch. Right. I'm going to have a small client. Small boutique yeah. firm, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'll be able to oversee and give you my personal attention. I mean, that's what people want. Right, yeah. They don't want, like, cookie-cutter campaigns. It's like, I'm going to give you, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. That Brian Kenny fit. Yeah. Uh, well, so we see Debbie, and she's feeding all her boys there at home. It's Ben, Michael Hunter, and Vic. And uh, Lindsay and Mel show up in costume. Girl, when that doorbell rang, I was like, don't open it. You heard? It's the mama. She's been following. She going, she's going house to house. Yeah. Go hide. Go. Like, literally, I thought she yeah. was there. I thought that you was really her ass. You were very panicked. Yeah. When the doorbell don't rang. open it. Yeah. Well, it turns out it's just Melanie and Lindsay. <laughs> and Melanie comes over and she asks Hunter for a dollar. And Debbie is on it. You short of cash, honey? Like, get the tea canister. <laughs> How much money do you think is in Debbie's tea canister? I mean, Debbie don't go anywhere, don't go any day. She probably got a, a <laughs> bunch of bills in there, actually. You know, well, no, I guess you got to keep that red hair up, you know. So, yeah, she keeps them nails done. Yeah, she keeps the nails done. And she always got gum. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she got a little gum habit. I mean, she probably got, you know, a couple hundred. No, no, no big stacks in that. Yeah, she probably got a few hundreds yeah, in there. Yeah, a few little hundos, you know. Yeah. Little rainy day stash. Yeah. Uh, well, Melanie has petitioned the court to be appointed as Hunter's guardian at Lightham, and she will be able to represent him in court and advocate for him to be able to stay with Michael and Ben. So 
he definitely hands over a dollar, at least a dollar. I bet I say he should have gave two. Like, you know what, yeah. hell, you can have two. You're going to me, keep me over here eating good and off the streets. Yeah. Uh, so over at the bar at Woody's, I'm guessing, every time they're at a bar, I'm just going to say it's Woody's. Right. Uh, Justin and Brian are there, and Justin is talking up his man because he knows that Brian went out and met with all the clients, and he's, um, he tells him, you know, don't be modest. Like, you're going to do great. You're going to win all these people over. And he tells him that he picked out a new name for his agency, uh, and it's Kinetic with two N's, so mm-hmm. play on Kenny, of course. Mm-hmm. And Brian says, that's clever. And Justin's like, uh, you mean it's genius? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, Emmett is also there in a very dark corner oh. in the back. Yeah. And this is what Ted does to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. seeing Ted again has got Put this him man, all the way back. All like, the way back. He was like looking so great mm-hmm. that scene when he was with, uh, you know, at Melanie and Lindsay's house. Yep. And then, yeah, he's all the way back at square one, I feel like. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've seen this shirt that Emmett is wearing before. It's the one that Brian had on in the episode where it was the hot tub with slimy Stockwell. Mm. And when I told Brian to get rid of that shirt, I did not mean give it to Emmett. Exactly. But here we are. There it so, is. Yeah. Um, well, a guy comes over to, ask, to Emmett to ask if anyone is sitting there, and Emmett gives him the old brush off. But he just wanted to ask if he could borrow the stool. Uh, but so. Emmett ain't having it. Listen, yeah. I, I don't have time for this, okay? Yeah. I'm not seeing anyone know. You cannot buy me no drink. I just want the stool. Boo. Yeah, like, oh, whatever. okay, whatever you got going on in your personal <laughs> life, that's your personal business. He didn't even look up. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's approached again with an offer. Uh, someone offers to buy him a drink. And before he can brush this one off, he realizes it's Justin and Brian. And this is the second time that we see the two of them come to cheer him up because we saw it in uh, Babylon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I love them for doing this for him. And this is for all the haters who say Brian don't care about anybody. Brian right. didn't have to come over there. He sure did. He didn't have to do that, but he did. And he did it with a smile. Because he got his own crisis going yeah. on. Yeah, own crisis going on. He did it with a smile. He was really being a really, really, really supportive friend. So yeah. I was happy to see him actually come over. And not just Justin. It was Brian. Hey, we're going here. You want to come with? Mm-hmm. You know? So Yeah. Well, yeah, they invite him to go to Babylon, and he said he's not in the mood for men, muscles, or music. I was like, damn, baby, can I take his spot? Yeah, uh, he just wants to sit there alone and get drunk. And he makes the comment, they they say something about that, like, hey, you're already past <laughs> drunk. And then he's like, well, what, should I go to rehab? I've already been today. And Shots. They, yeah, well, they ask if... Um, so they know that Ted is there, which is kind of interesting though. Justin and Brian knew that Ted was there. Yeah, which means that Melanie and Lindsay can't keep that damn mouth Did shut. you think they could? He said, did don't they? tell nobody. You told everybody. <laughs> yeah. Did you think they would keep I know, their mouth like, shut? I'm like, Lord, dang. Yeah. But I love the list of celebrities that they go through when, oh, girl. when he's like, guess who I saw there? Yeah, like, I ben like, Affleck. <laughs> I was like, can they get so? <laughs> For real. <laughs> and it was yeah. Matthew Perry. I was like, yeah. Liza. Uh-uh. Yeah. Don't do Liza like yeah, that. Yeah, we love Miss Manelli. Mm. Um, well, Emmett tells him that Blake is also there, and you can see on Justin's face, where he's, well, he's probably like, ooh, that's complicated. Yeah, awkward. Yeah, but he tells him he's not there as a patient. He's there as a counselor. And yeah, Emmett's just not handling any of that that well. Yeah. Well, he probably feels already replaced. Like, yeah. Like, I tried to extend help. You're not receptive to me, but mm-hmm. Blake is sitting here. You're already, and, and like, okay, you're already replacing me already. I can right. see the eyes that you're giving him and right. all the praise, but you can't even say sorry to me. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it feels shitty. Yeah, it's got to. Yeah. yeah. And the way he talked, the way Ted talked to him and just, yeah. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, so, this scene was kind of surprising. We get some skin, but it's not from a, a couple that you would think. No. It's Ben and Michael, and they're having them some uh, two daddies time. Yeah, it was cute <laughs> because I never... I only like the sex scenes between Justin and Brian. And, I mean, something about their chemistry, their connection, it just seems really authentic. 
and, and just, I don't know, their body placements, their silhouettes look great. But here, it was super hot. I loved the contact um, between um, Michael and Ben. I, I loved it. It was great. It was only one, it was only one thing yeah. that, that just caught me off guard. Michael, baby, don't do the look back. Y'all know how how when Brian and Justin are doing their thing and Brian is behind and he's kissing on Justin's neck and Justin do the lean back with the neck and the look back and it's real <laughs> sexy. Well, Michael tried it, baby. I thought he was having a seizure or something. Like, it was that face. Like, he looked constipated. Like, it, that's, that, it was not it. It did not look like he was uh, enjoying himself. The, no, the look back ain't for you, baby. No. The no, look back is no not for No look back you. for you, Michael. Please, no. No, no. Yeah. I can see it. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. not. Well, for them, we know, like, after Hunter moved in, they kept, you know, having trouble finding time. They weren't They really... were scheduling out the sex. Yes. Yeah, thank I mean, you. Yeah, you had to schedule the sex. I mean, that's probably difficult. You're never you for one, you have jobs, and then you never know when he's coming home. Yeah. So you really can't you really can't get it in. So yeah. ain't nobody busting that nope. Yeah. Uh so they're settling back into their little routine. Um, well then. Afterwards, they're laying in bed, and Michael is looking at Ben, and he says, "Sometimes I wonder why, why you, why you love me, like why you're with me." And he says he feels like an idiot for running off. Um, and he says, "You know, we should have stayed here instead of putting everyone through the Michael and Hun- through Michael and Hunter's excellent adventure." And I'm like, it was three days, dude. Let's I know. Let's bro. not get crazy. It was you know, it was dramatic. three days. Yeah, <laughs> the drama with this one. Yes. Uh, oh, Ben says what he did was incredible, and um. I know, but I, and like you've talked about already, I know for you that made you love and respect Michael again yeah. to see him do something like that. Ben says that he put Hunter's safety above his own, and Ben says I would call that love. Yeah, love, being a parent, right? Uh, I mean, caring, uh, literally all all of the above. Like that that act right there, it just reshaped how I felt for Michael, you know? And then the fact that he was still there and didn't care about any repercussions that he could face and he was still going to do it. I mean, I was just like, okay, Michael, I don't like, again, I don't know if it was with the baby on the way or just spending so much time with Hunter, but we got a brand new Michael and I'm liking it. So hopefully we can continue to get this Michael these next 14 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's what I need. Yeah. Uh, So then we see Justin running up the stairs at the loft and for a second when we were watching it, I don't know why, but it remi- reminded me of that hustler that we saw, the lookalike. Yeah. And I was like, if this is him, I'm going to flip a table. But I, I don't almost, know where that thought came from. I almost died. Um, we ain't never seen nobody ever use the key to get into the loft. He had a key. Like, normally the door just slide open. They don't look, like, no nothing. They just slide open. He opened the door and... Yeah, he's got a key to the loft that he does not live in. Thank yeah. you very much. But yeah, he's <laughs> sure enough got a key to the loft. Yep. Uh, but he opens the door and Jennifer is there with Brian. And I'm sure Justin is like, why in the world? Yeah, why is my mom here? Yeah. <laughs> and so he says, uh, mom. And she turns around and greets him with, hi, honey. And, and Brian. Yeah, well, Brian repeats is like, hi, honey. <laughs> and I think he meant for that to sound mocking, but he totally missed it. Right, but, yeah, yeah, he missed it. I love Brian's shy smile in that scene. You just know he's thinking, keep it cool, Kenny. Maybe they didn't notice. Maybe you sold it. But he totally did not sell it. The reason she's there, and she doesn't really want to say it, and I respect that about her, even that she's known this and hasn't said anything about it, but Brian is going to sell the loft. Yeah, and so it can seem like he's keeping Justin in the dark about that, but I think he doesn't want this to be Justin's burden. Right. Um, And, you know, these are his decisions and his choices, and he's standing by them. And also, like, even though they're 100% willing to help each other financially, like they have not commingled their finances. Mm-hmm. And so Brian's made this decision on his own. Which, I mean, it's his loft, like you said, and 
it's a decision that Brown was going to make on his own no matter what. It's, he, he could downsize. I understand why he did it. Like, he doesn't have to live this lavish life like that. Yeah. I think now that he has Justin, he can see that there's more to life than just having these things, you know? Yeah. Like, he can't take that with him, but what he can do is sell this and then start anew, you know? Yeah, well, and also, I think, though, now it could be a continuity issue, but it's, it should be the case that the loft is paid off, so that's going to be the, the way for him to get the biggest chunk of money at one time. Right. To kind of start addressing some of his financial troubles. Yeah, um... Jennifer leaves. I think she senses, okay, Justin's here now. They probably need to talk right. about this. Big ups to them, though, always involving Jennifer when yes. they need to find homes. Ted and Emmett, yeah. look at him. So, I mean, go ahead, um, Jennifer. Yeah. Make your way into this friend circle. That's right. They're keeping her in the commission. Yeah, except she's not going to charge one for Brian because she said, you know, after everything that he did to help Justin, she's not going to she's not gonna charge him one. That's so. lovely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like Jennifer. Justin tells him, Brian, you're not going to... No, you're not going to sell the loft. Like, there has to be some other option. And he says, I thought, you know, you're going to get, you're going to start your own agency. You're going to get new clients. And Brian tells him, well, all the clients turned him down, which probably because it is a risk to it's take, a high you know, risk. to go from this very well-known big company to, yeah, you're an amazing guy, but it's just you. So you've got you right, know, yeah. no backing, no capital, no, you know. And these are millions and millions of dollars um, accounts. Yeah. So I totally get I mean, hate it for the guy, but I totally get why they why they did turn him down. And then Justin was like, "Okay, what what other options are they?" Well, he did get a job offer, but it's in Scranton, and it's for half his pay, and that's very hard. Like, number one, he doesn't want to move to Scranton, I'm sure, but also to accept half of his pay, like half his normal salary, that's got to be yeah, that's a slap in the face. Yeah, uh huh, <laughs> slap, slap. Justin is like, you know, this is my fault. I shouldn't have, you know, you shouldn't have listened to me. I shouldn't have pulled you into this because he knows that he had influence over Brian in this. Even mm-hmm. though it was a good thing, he knows that he had influence over him. And Brian t- tells him, no, like, I made my own decisions. Like, I stand by what I chose to do. He tells him, you know, it's, it's just four walls and floor. And he starts listing all <laughs> the, like, beautiful features of the law. And you can just see his little heart breaking as he's going through all of them. And Justin tells him that it's more than that. It's the place where they made love for the first time. And Brian's like, that wasn't love. So. No, baby, that was just, you know, me eating them groceries. And you know what I'm saying? Me eating the groceries. Yeah. And, and giving you some good old D, some of that yeah. vitamin dizzle. But, uh, and Justin tells him, well, it was love to me. And I love Justin's face. There's this innocence. And there's, like, to him, he believes that that's what it was. And I, I think Brian sees that on his, on his face. And I think that he, he likes that Justin sees it that way, that he, felt that way about him and about that first encounter right. they had. Something else I think about in this scene is before, Brian would have made fun of Justin for saying something like this. But now, to borrow from a classic, Brian knows what love is. And so he isn't going to mock Justin for this. He understands where he's coming from because he's felt that and experienced that with him. And so I think all of that is kind of wrapped up in the look that he's giving him back. And I also think that he is just so impressed by the fact that Justin can stand there flat-footed, look him in the face, and tell him that. And I think that he loves that someone can feel that way about him and really mean it. Like, he's finally starting to understand what it means when Justin says that to him, when he says that he loves him. And he's starting to see, oh, that's true, he really does mean it. Now, how much weight he thinks it holds, that's still possibly in flux or, or up in the air to be decided. But he knows that that's a real thing. And I think he's so flattered and so enamored by the fact that he that Justin can feel that way about him. But also, I think there's a, a silent acknowledgement that, yeah, OK, this is the first 
this is the place that that happened for the first time for both of us. And whether or not it was the same time, whether or not for Brian, it was the first time, the 10th time or the 100th time. It did happen for him also. But also it can be interpreted. It didn't have to be the first encounter because, I mean, they had sex multiple times in that right. apartment. And then they did discover that they loved each other right. in that apartment, so in it, that loft. So, so, I so think, it yeah. really is. The yeah. first time they made love was in that bed. It you really know? So. is. And I think that Justin's clearly talking about the first yeah, time, he was the very the first, first time. night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I, can, I would listen to an argument for somebody saying Brian's silence is him agreeing but maybe not for that first time, but like kind of like what you said. At mm-hmm. some point, that was a love connection. Yeah, and it became more than just sex because it yeah. was a hookup. We know it was. It was fun and games for Brian. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm 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 older, but good looking and young. If that makes sense, still right. And then you're young and good looking. Yeah. Okay, and you keep following like little puppy. I'm gonna keep beating that ass up. And that's what. He, <laughs> that's what he did. That's what he did, yeah. you know, so, and then it turned into love. Yeah, know? but I, I just like that. It's it's very cute. Every scene with the two of them, I love in this episode. Yeah. So then we see Vic over at his house. There, his I guess his home with Debbie, and uh, he is trying to prep for this event or whatever. And poor Emmett has a hangover, so he's not in the mood. To and help. Vic is pounding the hell out of those lobster claws. Uh, I don't know if it was lobster claws or crab claws, but whatever. He was pounding the hell out. Can you imagine sitting there with a pounding headache? Yeah. And he is beating on the kitchen table. like Vic is doing it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, Debbie comes over. Well, and the problem is they don't have all the supplies that they need there right. because they usually prep at what was said in Emmett's place. Mm-hmm. And so they need the stuff from there, but I mean, they ain't necessarily in a hurry to go over there. Well, Debbie picks up on this tension, and I'm proud of her because she just sits down with her mail. She doesn't go Can't all, you know, Debbie on them. No lectures, none of that. Yeah. Like, she just, I'm going to stay in my lane. And she's going through, and they see a postcard from Michelangelo, and uh, it's a friend that Vic met at a fairy gathering some years back, and he just sent him a little hello. And and Vic makes a comment. He's like, you know, a lot. Of, I was skeptical at the beginning, but after I got my diagnosis, I, w- I went there for something and I, you know, experienced a great healing while I was there. And so he's like, you know, Emmett, maybe you should maybe you should look at something like that. Look into going to something like that. But uh, Emmett is very skeptical. Yeah. I mean, at this point, like he's just trying to make it, you know, right. he doesn't he don't want to be around people he does not know. He probably doesn't want to open up mm-hmm. about what he's going through through people he does not know. Mm-hmm. He probably just don't even want to talk about it. He's, at this point, I think he's like pushing everything under the rug and just trying to make it day by day. Yeah. You know? And he was always a very chipper person. Right. even. And even that's how he m- would cover and mask a lot mm-hmm. of stuff was by being so chipper and so happy and everything's great. And then now to like just be feel like you just push down to the bottom. Right. And it's like, no, I don't want to go to something like that. I don't even know. Like, I'm not going to be around less people like yeah. happy and frolicking or whatever. Because yeah, what, what it is in his mind, he's like, no, that's not not for me. Not right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, we see Justin and he's out with Melanie and Lindsay and Gus. Gus is getting so cute. He is so adorable. Yeah. Well, he's adorable. always been cute. He's, uh, yes. They got a cute little kid for, for Gus. And, ooh, speaking of, we did a poll on our Patreon site about Gus's last name. And I think what's winning is Gus Marcus hyphen. Um, Kenny. No, no, no. Peterson or mm. hi- Peterson hyphen Marcus. So the the last name of Melanie and Lindsay, that's what's winning in the polls. I think Peterson is the final last. You know so saying? you think Marcus Peterson? Uh-huh. Okay. What, what, is, what, is, your, what is your guess? I, I think it's either Peterson Marcus or Marcus Peterson. Is what, mm-hmm. That's my vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Where was I at? I got myself 
all thrown off thinking about Gus, the little baby we're picture. Walking yes, Justin, so we're, Justin, yes, now. thank you. Uh, yeah, so Justin is out with the girls and with cute baby Gus, and uh, they're talking about Stockwell being indicted, and you know, there's all this. They're kind of catching up on what's been going on, and Justin spills the beans. Well, thank Brian, God, I'm glad he did yeah, though, because it was yeah. time that somebody knew. Like mm-hmm. this magical little interview didn't. I mean, little message didn't come from nowhere, right? Brian did it. Right. Thank y'all. And maybe like maybe people can call me a hypocrite because sometimes when Michael spills the beans on certain things, I get upset with him. It's the way he does it though. And the reason why he does yeah. it. That's the difference. Yeah. And Justin needs to spill these beans. Like mm-hmm. I mean, he he literally saved the whole community. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Brian, mm-hmm. I mean he saved that whole community. So I mean, I'm glad that he told him, and it's not like he went out and did well, a whole and public announcement. Well, being served yeah. too, like mm-hmm. Stockwell's been indicted for this thing, for this murder, you know. So yeah, things are being done for, and and I highly doubt Brian straight up said, "Don't tell nobody." So he ain't really breaking no rules, but he's like, these people need to know. It's like, no, Brian, you did all of this for them. Like you're always doing stuff for people, and you let people think that you're cold and heartless. And yep. here you are with a legitimate need, and you're not letting anybody help you, like. No, I'm going to help you. So, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to help you by telling the truth. Because he tried to. He tried to help him like, hey, let me pay for this. Let me do this. Right. Hey, we can do this, this, and this. And Brian kept turning everything he down. He wouldn't so accept it from him directly like that. This was the last resort. He knew mm-hmm. if he would have, t- if he, t- he, Justin knew, if I tell the friends, we're all going to do something. Like right. something's going to happen. There's, we're going to put our brains together and we're going to make this right. Yeah. Well, he tells them, well, that, you know, we should do something. Well, and Lindsay said, Lindsay's not really interested in that. And Justin's like, what, you're just not going to do anything? And she says, well, Brian would never be want to be beholden to anyone, which is true. But, I mean, I feel like this is a different situation. And we've seen some growth and some progress and change with Brian. So, I don't know. I might beg to, to I understand. And you, you're kind of right, Lindsay, but I also kind of beg to differ. It's like she didn't even try, though. Right. Like, he wouldn't do that. Girl, you haven't even tried. She's I just so, told like, you. She is so convinced that she knows him yeah. all the time and, yeah. and you, clearly you and, don't right okay, like, like, there are some things you know about him but there are some things that he's growing into exactly. or capable of I was just about to say that yeah. baby he has grown okay mm-hmm. he's not the same old Brian that you want to keep him in that box you need to open your eyes up and let and experience the new him right and he's capable of a lot more than sometimes she acknowledges or maybe she doesn't know I'm not really sure that's a whole nother special episode about we're gonna do about Lindsay but uh mm-hmm. yeah anywho Justin's trying to get them to help his his man out you know that was sweet and, and really the, not and just to really acknowledge what he did yeah you know he's not it's not like in a way yeah they owe him some stuff but he's not like y'all owe him x amount of dollars yeah. and all this support and all this attention and but it's like but yeah your freedom is because of what he did right he sacrificed himself mm-hmm. and now he's asked out and it's our time our turn as friends mm-hmm. and family and a community to come together for him right you know so yeah well, so we go to the court hearing um, because Rita followed through on her little whole thread about the custody hearing thing. And uh, she heard her attorney over there and they're laying it on real thick. And she's making it seem like she's just, you know, mother of the year and all this. stuff. So she can't wait to have her son back. Um, and Girl, she wants the income tax money. That's what it is. Okay. She's trying to get that, that extra yes, stimmy check. That check yeah. okay? <laughs> I can carry him. That's going to be an extra. I paying 1500 per. Girl, you better yeah. stop. Yeah, I know what you're up to. <laughs> uh, well, Melanie is not having it. And she, you know, stands up and tells the judge the truth, you know. And from, from 12 years old, she forced him into prostitution, telling him that he had to contribute to his family. And so she, like, lays all this, this truth out there. 
And the judge says, okay, let me look at everything. Mm-hmm. Take a 15-minute recess, and then we'll be back. Um, So we go over, and uh, Emmett is at Ted's place. He's there to collect the supplies that he needs to finish prepping with, uh, with Vic. And Ted is there. And I was thinking, what the heck? Why is Ted there? But he, he left rehab, so that's why he's there. That's no good. See? No. I mean, he's not putting in the work. I mean, you're setting yourself up for failure already off the rip. You know you're not strong enough to be there. You need all the support possible. Get your ass back to the rehab now while you're sitting in the, in the dark on the couch. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a very awkward, intense, and very charged exchange between them in this scene. And Emmett tells him that he doesn't play in pity parties. And tells him, that. you know, get back to rehab. And Ted says he's beyond repair. There's nothing left. He has no future, no friends, no Girl, lover, no career. let me get my no tiny career. violin out and yeah. play this sad song. Yeah, and it's like, this is not the way to get any of that stuff back, Ted. Just sitting here in the dark and feeling sorry for yourself, not trying to work on yourself. This isn't the way to get any of that back. And so he makes a um, trigger warning, a, uh, I guess, a, a threat here. To harm himself, so trigger warning with this. He mm-hmm. makes a um uh, so you guys can skip for like thirty seconds if you don't want to hear that part. But he says, "I might as well be dead." And then Emmett says, "Well, then do it." Yeah, I'm glad Emmett caught him on his bluff. Mm-hmm. And like, that's uh, a tricky thing. That's not always the right no, move. It's not. But, but in Emmett, this scene, because Ted is not a doer. You know, he's he's not a doer. Well, and he, that's not what he wants to do. He no. wants. Emmett to jump in this pity party. Yeah, he does. And Emmett is not going to jump in that pity party. Also, you're not doing anything but sitting on your ass and whining and complaining and having this pity party like we just said. So do something. Mm -hmm. So him saying do it, commit. I don't even want to say those words. Do it, you know. That's just saying do something, you know, because you're not doing anything. Yeah, he's not even telling him to do that. I think what Emmett knows is, no, that's not what you want to do. Right. But you're just saying that because you're trying to get something out of me. You're trying to in- get me to enable you or yeah. get or whatever. This and if you're going to say it, then this, do it. This codependent thing going on. And so he's like, no, I know that's not what you want. I think if there was a, even a part of Emmett that thought he really wanted to he do that, never, uh, he, he wouldn't have that. left. He mm-hmm. would have gotten him the proper help that he ne- would have needed in mm-hmm. that situation. But I do think that he knew that's not what Ted really wanted to do. Calling that bluff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's not attending the pity party. He leaves. Uh, well, back in court, the judge comes out and she's read all the evidence and she applauds Rita Montgomery for working to get herself together, even though she stabbed her husband and she put her child in prostitution and all this other stuff. She's very proud of her for working to change her circumstances, to change her stars. And she says that it's her opinion that a child should be with their natural mother. And so she awards her custody. And Rita comes over all contrite, like, OK, Jimmy, let's go home. Uh, you know, I promise everything's going to be, everything's going to be different. And then he gives her a kiss. I believe I looked down to write on my notes. But oh, think, no, he gave her a kiss. I was like, I know that they wouldn't having sex. Yeah, he gave her a kiss, kiss like right her, on the mouth. Yeah, like and kiss, uh, kiss. then he backs up. He's like, oh, yeah, mom, I forgot to tell you. Uh, I'm positive. And then you can see the ignorance come out in her because a smart person would have known you don't you don't contract yeah. it in that way mm-hmm. through saliva. But so this that, was way back uh, well, in the day. Yeah, so. so yeah, true. Mm-hmm. true Even true, true. now, people don't understand Silly. how it is transmitted. But but you can yeah. see the snap in her. But though. she immediately she was like, well, first first she's like, well, that's not funny. And then they say, he said, no, it's the truth. Ask them. And they were like, yeah, it's actually true. And then she like scrubs her face Scrubbed off it. and then calls him all kinds of nasty slurs right in front of the judge. And I want to be like, see, Judge, yep. that's what you get. There Talking about is. a natural mother. Yep. Yeah, natural. Mm-hmm. Nah. That ain't got no- biology ain't got nothing to do with it sometimes. At all. 
So, because that happened in front of the judge, uh, uh-huh. yeah, that whole decision, I'm sure, got got reversed. So, I know it got reversed. Yeah. So, Hunter is going to get to go home with the... Uh... I mean, and that's one thing about a hustler. You cannot count the underdog out. He knew. He knew yeah. how to play her. Uh-huh. You know, like, and he held that card he held until it the to very the end. end. Mm-hmm. He knew that was going to be... I was wondering why they hadn't already told her right. this boy is positive. You mm-hmm. know, like... Cause because he, they were concerned about that. Like, is she yeah. going to make sure he is eating, wi- eating right, yeah. taking his meds, like... Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm glad they didn't because that was the perfect card to play. Yeah, he, and because you know, I hate that he has that card in his deck. Right, but if he's got it, yeah, then that's well, that's I mean, where to play it. Yeah, he, he played it, and mm-hmm. that was it. Because I mean, her true colors came all the way, all out the way, quick. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean, point two seconds. You yeah, know? like God. Yeah. So then we see Brian and Justin, and they're on the sidewalk walking, and Justin says that his mom told him that there's someone who's interested in buying the loft, and so. Justin's like, let's go in here and have a drink. Uh, whether they're celebrating that the loft's going to sell or whether right. they're mourning the fact that the loft is going to sell, they <laughs> Justin tells them, let's go in there. And again, what I did for love is the interlude right here. And I think mm-hmm. this time it's from Justin's point of view. I it think is. the first time it was from Brian's, but this time it's from Justin's. Uh, and then maybe some other people kind of, but they were kind of, well, we'll get there. Uh, oh, this is, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, so... They're going in and like Brian can already see, oh gosh, or some other charity, some other cause, some <laughs> other thing demanding money from people. And they go on in and he's like, okay, who is this one for? And he looks around and he's like, wait a second. Because wow. Lindsay's standing there like, why are y'all looking all, all suspicious. The usual. And this one is for the concerned citizens for the truth. And Lindsay says that we heard that they're in need of a little help themselves. You know, we, we're grateful for all they did for our community and we're going to try to return the favor. And she, they give him or them a check, and uh, he looks at Justin while Lindsay's talking, and Justin's like trying to act yeah, all innocent, like, like, like oh my, like, I, I didn't say anything. Yeah, uh, so cute. But he just really wanted to to take care of him and do something that, like Brian, give him something he deserves in a way. I don't want to say that you deserve no, he deserves a payback that. for doing something good, but Not you know what I mean. That, you know what I mean. Brian deserves so much. He's always yeah. the saving grace for all of right. them. Right. A lot of them have counted on him. Yeah. yeah. So, no, it was their time. Listen, I don't have much. But if I know that somebody that I'm close to, like, I mean, I consider family. Like, their little friend group is more than friends. They're family Right. To me. They're family, yeah. So, if one of them going through it, we all going through. So, I love that Justin, it took Justin out of everyone, I mean, the youngest person in the group, to say, hey, we need to save our friend. Our family is drowning. We need to help them. Our family is stubborn. We're going to figure out a way how we're going to make them allow us to help them. Yeah. You know? And he, he found a way. And that was the way. He does deserve that. And I'm yeah. glad they finally all got on board. Yeah. Well, so Brian kind of reluctantly takes a check from her. And he says, you know, I've only known the concerned citizens for a short amount of time. And <laughs> they typically don't like to accept handouts. But he changes it. Charitable donations. And he says, but surely, you know, sometimes... Well, they know that sometimes we could all use a little help and um, they might have to swallow their pride yes. and uh, accept it and say thank you. Girl, I damn near cry. Yes, you did almost cry. And yes. that was a huge moment of growth. For admitting you need help, just like Ted did. That was a hard thing mm-hmm. for him and a huge moment for him. Same thing for Brian, who is the person who is very proud for some legitimate reasons, but also is just proud. Mm-hmm. I think we can also see in this scene that Brian is trying really hard to hold it together, like trying not to lose it. He's trying to keep a lid on his emotions because he really is thankful and humbled by this. But of course, he, it's difficult for him to let that show. But it's there. If you look at his face, he's a little bit choked up when he's saying thank you for this incredible thing that they're doing for him. 
And of course, he knows, like we talked about, he knows that Justin had a very key hand in making this happen, kind of being the thing to ignite this, to get other people involved to do this for him. So I think he's feeling a whole lot of love. Yeah, that was a very huge thing that they... I wish they would have shown us how much was on that check. Girl, I want to know. I want to know, too. I know. I want to count the zeros. I feel like anything, if it was only like 5,000, 10,000, I mean, they came together for you. Right. And that's 5,000 less you have to worry about. Yeah, and they did it in a way to where he can still say, no, I was just representing them. So he doesn't necessarily have to be the face of Mm -hmm. this if he doesn't want to be. So they didn't like call him out by name. Right. But the people who wanted to know and who were paying attention enough knew that it was Brian. Well, girl, I was like, why y'all doing this in front of everybody? Because y'all know who y'all dealing with. I was nervous because, you know, Brian will turn up on you real quick. I know. I was like, oh, Lord, he's going to rip this damn le- uh, rip this check up. I was yeah. like, uh-uh, y'all, y'all should do this in private. Yeah, <laughs> I know. He will embarrass all of y'all in here. Uh, Real quick. Yeah, so a very nice uh, little thing that they did, a well, great thing they did for Brian there. And so as they're leaving, they're kind of leaving in groups. And so Ben and Michael and Hunter together with the girls behind them. And as they're leaving, the judge said that Hunter can live with Michael and Ben and Mel and Lindsay are going to be there to make sure he's, behaving himself and so that's really because he gets a whole little family and um gets michael and ben but then also that comes with debbie and it comes with vic and it comes with mel and Lindsay and even ryan and justin in their own way and then we see vic emmett and debbie and they're leaving together and emmett is still kind of down in the in the dumps there and they tell him that uh they're worried about him and they do think that he needs a little maybe needs a little Something. Well, he does. And I think now he's um more receptive of that now. Yeah. You know, I will say that is a badass sweater in the head on at the yeah. end. I want it. That color blocking <laughs> was everything. I love a good turtleneck myself. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I want the damn sweater. But I, I just want Emmett better. You know, yeah, like, I do I want, I want Emmett to be better. And I think it was Debbie who was like, that little flame of yours is burning out. You mm-hmm. know, it was burning bright, but it's burning low now. Yeah. And I just want, hopefully, that's the wake up call. Yeah. Something needs to come fan it into flame. Yeah. yeah. Um. So we find out. Uh, Jared or Chandelier is yes. the one who's bringing us all the interludes throughout the the whole episode. And um, so as Brian and Justin are leaving, Justin tells him, "Well, now you and half of of uh, Gay Pittsburgh can sleep soundly in your in your bed tonight, knowing that you know you still own the loft." <laughs> and Brian puts his arm around him and he says, "You know, half of Gay Pittsburgh can sleep in their own bed because he's got Justin right that there." Part. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, it's going down the night, baby. <laughs> You getting those groceries eaten again, okay? And that vitamin D, that tongue is gonna be tired tonight, okay? Um, yeah. So Jared is walking off, walking to his car or home or whatever, and uh, there are a couple of ne'er do wells standing around there, and we just can't have too much happiness on Liberty Avenue because Mm-mm. they attack him before he can make it to his car and. Um, it seems like why wouldn't he just scream yeah. or why you know? But I guess you're kind of frozen. Like I bet you, I bet you were in shock that right. you're in your own community, and you're probably thinking, okay, maybe they can see all these people. Yeah, you're in your own community. That's that's the thing. Like he's right there on, for the most part, he's right there on Liberty Avenue. Yeah. And maybe it is loud, like maybe because you know the bars and the clubs are all right there. So maybe it is loud. But yeah, so he is attacked and just left lying there. It takes a sick person to I, go uh, out of your way. Yeah. To co- not not even. I mean, you're just waiting. Be, yes. This whole you're time for somebody to walk over there. Literally waiting for somebody, and it, and it's not, it wouldn't be different. But I could, and, and I actually I couldn't understand. But I'm gonna say I could understand 
if like the gay people are like all in like the little straight little little party areas mm-hmm. and they're taking over. But you came to my area. Yeah. You sought us out. Why are you over here? Yeah. Seeking us out. Why are you waiting and hanging out? Right. Like going, what the fuck? Like, bro. And it, what sick pleasure do you yeah, get what from do you that? Get from, that? from attacking some defenseless person. Yeah, you look like, stupid. I don't get it. I really, oh god. And it was a whole bunch of them. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't even one person. It took a gang of y'all to attack one person. Right. Get and out of here. And for what reason? And it just sucks, you know, but it's. In another way, it's like so true, though, because we had so much victory. Like you think about the the huge victory party that they had in the streets, bringing the color back to Liberty Avenue at the end of season three. And then we start out season four in this first episode ends like that. And in some ways, it's got to be how it feels like for every little bit of progress. There's something there's something that reminds us that to some people we will never be equal. We will never be seen with dignity and respect, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, just a sad case. Yeah. I mean, it just really is like, ugh. And, but again, I love the show, Stay True to Life, because right. still in our area now that we live in, it's one of those things I always have to tell my staff and tell my friends, make sure you guys walk in pairs. I mean, this mm-hmm. happens. I mean, mm-hmm. you're being targeted. Right. And I mean, it's just, it's scary and sad. And this is in 2021 slash 2022. Right. This is ridiculous. I mean, I just ridiculous. Uh, and I don't know what it's going to, what it's going to take to get to people like, we're, all people we're the right. same we're human. i don't understand why we can't like live and let live yeah. like i don't and why does it matter who i'm fucking right like how does that how does that you know what I'm saying concern yeah. you like yeah. and so what i want to put on a dress yeah. and, and lip sync to to show tunes that, that part, or i will tunes say that chandelier her lip sync game was on point yeah and then she even did the amazing. chin shake thing mm-hmm. at the end you're like, oh. the vibrato the, yeah. yeah she what, i said i'll come through i thought she was actually really singing i was like yeah girl. although i know queens be lip sync but um <laughs> i just like dang she killed it but yeah why? Why mm-hmm. why does it matter what I how is it bothering you? Yeah. I'm having fun and living my best life. Clearly mm-hmm. you're not living the best life. And I'm on my live. street with my, my street. friends yeah. or my people. What are you doing over here? Girl, yeah. I, I'll never understand that. Yeah, me never. neither. I would but, never understand that. Uh so unfortunately we in it the episode ended on that note, but a great episode, a great way to start season four and to really give us to project like where we could possibly go with exactly. this season. Yeah. So I mean, well you <laughs> I can't even say that because we know this show will start off one way. Right. And then mid-season, we will get that that 180 turn. It's yeah. just like, what? Like you and don't know what is not, coming. I don't know what's going on. So yeah. I'm not going to. I'm I'm just open. I'm open because I know y'all finna throw curveballs left and right, strikes, you know what I'm saying? Like everything. Like yeah. So I'm here for it. I am definitely here for it. So for season four, I'm here for you. Yep. We are ready. <laughs> we think. Maybe. Absolutely. Well, guys, let us know what y'all thought about this episode and um, keep the comments going. You know, we like it interactive. Leave us your thoughts. Hit us with some questions. And um, I mean, yeah. Until next time, guys. Guess we are out of here. Bye. Bye.